0: Kia Aloha Kako. You're listening to Native Stories. Native Stories exists to share the voices of those connected to the land. Native Stories' vision is creating a resource for Pilina, connection to place, and Native Stories aims to activate Indigenous perspectives. O bihia wila i oa, no te'au pu'a mwa o'ahu mayao, tinohoao i afaraitu mo'orea. My name is Behio Wheeler, and I am from Wai'a, O'ahu, and I am now residing in Apreitu Moaere Te Mohi. My guest today is Manuya Maiti, who I've come to know through her work as a local entrepreneur and her work in the Pacific region, as she was part of the first cohort for young Pacific leaders from Ohinui. Hello, e- Yorana. Manuya?
1: Yorana, Behio.
0: Would you like to give us a little background or introduction about yourself?
1: Yeah, sure. I'm um, from French Polynesia. I was born in Moria and I live in Tahiti now.
0: Okay, thank you. So what is your background and genealogy to these islands and um, who is your favorite ancestor or family member that you would like to share with us as well?
1: I happily grew up in Moria, it's a sister island of Tahiti. Uh, It was very rural at the time, so it was a very... um, enjoyable childhood in Moria uh, with the the water and the mountains Uh, when I was little my father wanted uh, because we used to live in Tahiti before and when I was around four or five my father wanted to live with his father in Moria so we, we went to Moria and we lived with my grandfather and I kept sweet memories from him even though he died when I was six, so it's very short time with him, but but sweet memories. He loved to make rower um, roof paints. It's like panthenes um, paints for houses. Um, he liked fishing. He he worked for the agricultural department, so he was very in the primary sector in Maurya. And above all I remember the tupa tahari. It's a dish we, we love to share. Uh, tupa is a is a crab from the from the ground. And to to eat that you need to to feed the tupa with the coconut so it cleans the inside of the tupa and it gets so yummy with coconut milk. Mmm, delicious.
0: Yes, I live in Moorea right now and you're right, there's tupa that live on the ground uh, like, and they come out in their holes. And not too long ago, maybe like a month ago, I had a tupa crawl up on my arm. <laughs> It was really scary when I was when I was sleeping, but I have eaten them and they're quite tasty as (laughs) well. Going back to your work, which is important. Uh, One of the reasons that I was interested in interviewing you is because you've taken part. And several Pacific regional programs across the Pacific that come out of the East West Center in Hawaii, such as the Young Pacific Leaders Program, the Pacific Islands Development Program. And this is really interesting, um, for me and, uh, for people from Tahiti because, um, not, I feel like we don't often take part Tahitians don't often take part in these programs because of one, maybe the language barrier as we speak French here in French Polynesia and people grow up speaking French and Haitian. And then another reason is maybe they don't even know that these (laughs) programs exist, (laughs) but that's the reason to talk about it as well so that people will know. So now being um, a part of the Pacific world today, did you feel like there was enough Pacific education here, while growing up in Tahiti, or did your viewpoint change taking part in these programs?
1: Growing up in French Polynesia, I barely knew about the Pacific. Uh, we knew about the migration at school, um, about the Polynesian Triangle, um, the things that we have common ancestors, but we we know nothing about the the the. The politics over there. How is the education going on? What are the um, the culture? Yeah, we you know so little about our our cousins, our friends, our neighbors from the Pacific. In um, but the thing is that. I, I realized that we share the same challenges because we are all small islands in a big ocean far away from everything. So we have logistics issues, climate change, uh, waste management, um, so, so many issues that we share. So we can have, um, maybe we can share the good practices, things like that. Just get interested in our neighbors. Yeah. Mm. So I think we need to, to educate more people here in French Polynesia about the region. And, and ourselves, we need to seek for more information. Mm-hmm.
0: So you were, by taking part in these programs, you were able to learn a lot more then about the islands that, are, that exist here and, and the fact that you have so many commonalities?
1: Yeah, sure. Actually, um, I would tell you how I applied to Pilb. Because in 2014, I have a friend called Rosie Catherine. She's from Fiji. And I met her here in Tahiti during the youth festival in 2006. And when she went to Pilb, she, she sent me some information about the program, and I was thinking, wow, that's very interesting. And, and then I met uh, Philippe Lemoyne, mm-hmm. uh, who I knew from TEDx Papete. He was uh, going back and forth uh, for peer during during several years. And I was thinking, wow, maybe I should apply because it it seems really interesting. And then in 2018, um, I felt the urge to go because I was in a turning point of my life. Um, In... I have many questions in my head about, um, about myself, my goals in life, mm-hmm. uh, about leadership too, because at that time I was um, the president of uh, a local organization called JCI Junior Chamber International Tahiti, JCI Tahiti. In French, we say Jeune Chambre Economique de Tahiti. Uh, so I felt the urge to go to apply. And um, once they, we just see that the Pacific Islands Leadership Program is an intensive leadership uh, development training program intended not only to improve our leadership skills, but also to bring a better understanding of the Pan-Pacific perspectives. So it was amazing. We benefited from a university frame in Hawaii with Eastwood Center. Mm-hmm. And then we have hands on experiences in Taiwan. It's a lot of travel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love traveling. <laughs> <laughs> this program was a powerful journey into ourselves. It was intensive in terms of rhythm. Because there's a lot of work to do. And also, intensive in, in how deep uh, the lessons learned resonate inside of me. So, yeah, it was very really life changing. Um, we shared peer experiences. I think there's nothing like peer experiences because what we can see on TV or newspaper can be biased. But what we can hear about the peers. It's just authentic, so it's the best way to learn from others. So I discovered so many cultures, from PNG, Marshall Islands, islands that I've never heard about. What was very interesting too is the Eastway Center itself, because it's a center of excellence for leadership. Everything is very structured to, to make you reflect on yourself, reflect mm-hmm. on the leadership and see different kinds of leadership and pick what corresponds to you. Yeah. That's, that's very powerful. So um, thanks to those tools, we were able to work on our goals, deepen our understanding of leadership and attend eye-opening lectures about geopolitics like the the game of power between China and the US in the region. Big thing upon our heads. (laughs) We also enjoy uh, talking with local people in Hawaii and in Taiwan. I, I knew about people from Hawaii because we were told about that. But, but being in Taiwan with indigenous people who just look like us. Really? Yeah. Like they dark too? Yeah. I don't know and it's it's the the same faces yeah it was was wow (laughs) and you know when i went to shops in taiwan Mm -hmm. sometimes they miss um mistake me for taiwanese uh, Taiwanese, and they they took me in mandarin yeah i don't understand anything (laughs) yeah very funny and you can see how they they see the, the the snake. For them, it's like how we see the boi here in our mythologies. What?
0: Really?
1: Yeah. How do? Like sacred? Sacred and um, and so much more. Yeah, especially for the um, for the tribe in the. Um, eastern side of the coast of Taiwan and I think our migration comes from these people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's very, very interesting. And during the whole program, we were challenged to step out of our comfort zone. Mm-hmm. It was, um, an everyday challenge with PIL, mm-hmm. but in a good way, because you're not in a panic zone because there's, there's a team around you guiding you. So you're still in the learning zone. We also learn to, ch- to navigate changes and to wayfinding to navigate changes is very important especially in this time of uncertainty everything is volatile with the covid-19 we do we don't know if tomorrow we close the borders or or what's going on yeah yeah my biggest takeaway are several tools for improvement a clearer vision for my business and life goals mm-hmm. and more confidence and overall, a better understanding of the region's stakes and a new family. Oh, that's so good.
0: Well, so this was in what year did you do a uh, Pacific Islands Leadership
1: Program? Two thousand eighteen. Oh, okay.
0: Great, great, great. And so, did did that open the door? That opened the door for your other programs that you've also done throughout here. And so, what else did you do as well?
1: When I came back from Peru, I felt the urge to learn more about the, the Pacific region, to attend more Pacific uh, uh, events. So I applied to YPL.
0: Mm-hmm. YPL is
1: it is Young Pacific Leaders. Mm-hmm. There was a conference in 2019. I went. I went to the YPL 2019 conference in Fiji in March. Mm-hmm. The conference was intense. I met a lot of young, active citizen leaders carrying out remarkable projects on their cities. It's, it's really people working on grassroots, so they they very impactful on their communities. It, op- it opened a large window of opportunities such as within a bigger network, being aware of their challenges, discovering the solutions they are implementing, sharing positive vibes and create creative long life friendship too, mm-hmm. because we call ourselves FANO. I guess there was a lot of Maoris over there. Panao means uh, family. And furthermore, YPL offers big opportunities such as the small grants that can be a springboard to launch pilot programs such as um, the one I benefited last year for my program called RIMAI for a Sustainable Living. It was funded by YPL, Young Pacific Leaders. Um, Thanks to this grant, I could make my long, my pilot program here in French Polynesia, in making impacts on handcraft people here. So, if you if you have really important programs, projects for your communities, YPL is a good way to have fundings. Also, you can be part of the IVLP International Visitors Programme, in which I was enrolled in no- la- last November uh, with a group of young Pacific active citizens. We enjoy a 3 weeks tour in five cities of the United States. So, Detroit, Washington, D.C., Tucson, Sacramento, and Honolulu. Um, we enjoyed a wide array of experiences, such as um, economic developments. We, we met a lot of uh, entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. social entrepreneurs too, uh, indigenous tribes. And we've been in different climates, like when I was in Tucson, in the desert with a hot climate yeah. hotter than here, uh, my friends were in Jacksonville in the middle of the snow, yeah at the same time in the same country, just amazing we We met a lot of politicians to understand how the u s is uh how it works for uh, in politics mm-hmm. in in the US and what are their position about some uh, some issues in the federal state. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of cultural activities too. Uh, I really like the museums in Washington DC. There are a lot of museums every day and they are so interesting. It's not boring at all. <laughs> and it's free Mm -hmm. wow it was free? yeah well I think the program paid for you no the Smithsonian it's free? yeah the Smithsonian um, Museum there's a lot of places um, belonging to the Smithsonian Mm -hmm. (laughs) And yeah it's free for everyone (laughs) amazing (laughs) we've also been to take incubators in we attended the Forbes and the 30 Summit. In Detroit, wow, that's yeah, really it was yeah. <laughs> with all the talks during four days. Mm-hmm. Well, we met Serena Williams, who were talking about uh, how she is empowering women in um, abusive situations. And... Yeah and um, a lot of um, car companies coming uh, a lot of inspiration um, ins- inspirational speakers mm-hmm. during four days wow we met with a lot of uh, NGOs too mm-hmm. to to see what they're working in ground mm-hmm. like Kupu uh, in Hawaii mm-hmm. they working with um, young uh, teenagers that have troubles in their life so they teaching them how to how to farm how to cook and they trying to teach them the Hawaiian values to, to be proud of who they are and make a, a decent living too yeah it was very interesting a lot of things like that and I'm very grateful of being part of this program. I think we should step off of our comfort zone and be part of extraordinary programs like YPL or PIL. So we have this opportunity to broaden our network and to live outstanding experiences, share experiences with with peers. So just apply. Next time you you, you see something about you see something about Pulp about YPL or any other program in the region, just apply. Who knows? Maybe you will have really outstanding experience yourself. that sounds like
0: amazing experiences that you were able. I mean, coming from Tahiti, French Polynesia, and then being able to go to the Forbes 30 Under 30—that's 30. kind of cool. <laughs> And so, yeah, I definitely am with you. If any of our listeners um, feel inspired after Manuya's story, please look up any uh, programs, regional programs or international programs that can help you learn more about the place. Because, um, like she said, you only grow and learn. And, you know, it ends up helping you in your life. And actually, can you tell us about... Um, the business that you have here, and maybe uh, what in what ways the, these programs have helped.
1: So when I was in college, I was told that French Polynesia has um, a trade balance defi- uh, trade balance deficit. <laughs> Yeah. When I was in college, I was told that French Polynesia had a trade balance deficit. So from that moment, I wanted to help my country and and see how we can at least have more exportations than imports. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it's how to decrease the gap. Mm-hmm. Okay. A huge gap. Oh yeah. Why don't you that? yeah it was like around ninety something percent of imports uh-huh. and then very little around around maybe twenty percent of exports. Mm-hmm. It's a very huge deficit. Mm-hmm. It's also because our um, economy depends on the subsidies from France yeah. so it's like it's not a self-determine um, our self-income, um, really. We-
0: yeah, it's not a. Um, yeah, we're not like independently. It's not an independent economy. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's very heavily dependent on France. Yeah, that's why I was thinking. Oh, but we. I, I can see that we have so much uh, local resources that are intact. Yeah. And maybe if we look at some, we can, we can work on it and export so that we can have more earnings, more income from the, from the outside. Mm-hmm. That's how, um, I went to France for my master's degree in international trade. And then I came back because I really love my Fenoir and I wanted to come here to, to build my business or to, To at least help people here to export and to be proud of who we are, proud of our resources. Mm In 2018, I have been concerned about the increasing popularization that French Polynesian households have been drowning into, and the social gap has been widening to the point that some can barely afford a living. And it's very alarming. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But additionally, I will find that some of those households have been sitting in a gold mine with the traditional know-how because they have treasures in their hand. Maybe they they cannot keep up with French education because they just don't get everything. Mm-hmm. But they are so talented with their hands, mm-hmm. so they can easily catch up how to how to weave or how to craft because they have uh, talents in drawings. They have talents, but they don't realize it. Mm-hmm. And maybe also because they they live under the poverty line, so they have other needs to fulfill first. They don't have the cash to, to buy the materials and they don't have the education to, to be a good marketer to sell the product. Mm-hmm. So that's why I created the idea crafts. It's to help our people having a decent income with handicrafts because I think it's, it's something we can easily learn from our, our relatives because in our families there's always someone who is still carrying the traditional knowledge that can be passed on Mm -hmm. and you don't need a lot of investments to to make good products and then to start selling. So I started um, a pilot project called RIMAE for Sustainable Living, uh, sponsored by Young Pacific Leaders. It's a training program to raise awareness among our people that the handcraft can be a medium for social and economic growth. Because I want everyone from the whole French Polynesia, for from our five archipelagos to earn this living without having to leave their island homes. Yeah. Because currently, most of the population is crowded here in in Tahiti. Mm-hmm. They they are just living in poor conditions because they are like ten or more in the same household.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. whereas if they can live in their island homes they can really have their own space and they have the dignity here and they will um, be more creative and they can make um, sustainable they, they can sustain their communities in their islands it's, it's very important for me And in addition to that, I'm working on providing a lasting solution via an online marketplace to promote Polynesian handicrafts worldwide through an innovative concept. I hope so.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I I totally see what you're saying about the the handicrafts and the arts uh, situation that we have here because there are quite a bit of... um, there's still so much knowledge about um how to weave uh, certain arts and goods and carve and yet uh, maybe it's not there's not enough value put on it that it is useful it's part of your identity it's um something that you can do for your whole life and support your family and so can you tell us more about what kind of arts we have here in french polynesia um I mean, already we have five archipelagos in our large, easy, exclusive economic zone. And um, so they're different cultures and they have different, um, maybe, um, what would you say, like different... resources to make different things they have different uh, styles you know so can you tell us a little bit more about that?
1: Yes we have five archipelagos with um, kind of each archipelagos have its own specificities like up north of the Marasius Islands. they are really famous for carving wood and bones mm-hmm. um, they are famous for patutiki too patutiki is tattoo. Because they have their own patterns in in the Tuamotu and Gangji. Um, atolls island but Gambier have mounted uh, they are more into birds, and sh- birds mother of birds and shells. Uh, in the Tuamotu Islands they also have the Nio so they weave hats baskets with Nio and Nio is the um, coconut leaf in the society islands we are more into dresses, mm-hmm. clothing, and Austral islands are famous for pandanus weaving and cuneiform pattern carving. That's
0: right, what?
1: Cuneiform pattern carving, it's like uh, the pattern of the carving it's in triangle shapes. Ah, oh, okay yeah it's very typical from the Austral islands mm-hmm. south.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Southern Island from French Polynesia. Whenever I I go to different islands, I love taking some handicrafts because it's so there's a good quality of work. Mm-hmm. Because people living there, they still have this traditional knowledge passing on mm-hmm. into the, the young people. And sometimes the, the young people, they just want to get their own creativity with the traditional knowledge. It's very interesting. Like in uh, Rimatara, they are innovating with the colors. They have darker colors, greenish color, and light brown color. Mm-hmm. So right now, they are the only one having so much colors. Uh, they, they tint the um, pandanus with natural materials they have they also innovate in terms of patterns Mm -hmm. because now we have internet so they look on internet what can they have pattern what can they apply to the pandanus there's a pattern called the 3D pattern Mm -hmm. because when you look at the basket it seems like there's something more on the basket Mm -hmm. there's a
0: Uh,
1: reflection? No, it's um it's like it doesn't seem flat. Oh, okay, like 3D.
0: Yeah. Different
1: dimensions. But it's flat. It's just the pattern that makes this uh illusion, yeah. optic illusion. And so um
0: like you were saying, Rimatara is one of these islands that is well known for their weavings, their pendennis pen weavings, and do you find that um, they have enough of a market to sell locally and internationally? Any of these these people that are in doing arts already
1: in Rimatara? They don't have really they don't really have a market because they exchange like a truck. A truck it means to exchange something. Oh, without money, yeah, without mm-hmm. money. They just exchange a basket with a hat, maybe, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. because they don't have a lot of money over there. They, li- they live out of um, taro farms mm-hmm. and weaving. Mm-hmm. So when they are in Rimatara, they don't make a lot of money, but when they come to Tahiti. They can, make, um, they can make a reasonable living. But for that, you need to have a, a lot of pandanus to weave, and it's not really uh, predictable because of the weather. When it's when it's too humid, the pandanus is just too moist.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It doesn't dry. It doesn't dry, and it has a sti- um it, the
0: dash? Oh, yeah, the um, um, dots or spots. Yeah,
1: spots. And you cannot sell baskets or hats with spots. And also there's uh, the whole logistics coming here. You need to, to pay for your airfare and then your accommodation because the, the freight is, um, is provided by the local government. But the, everything else... There's a lot of cost. Mm -hmm. So not many of them come here.
0: And so your business is part of helping them to export this in different ways then?
1: Yes, because... Through the online marketplace they have international exposure. They don't need to, to leave in Matara to have this exposure. So they just need to take uh, nice pictures and to write what it's about, what's the way and what's the dimensions so that we can um, we can ship them. And um, can you tell us?
0: I know that you don't weave yourself, and but do you know any of the processes that they go through in order to make any of their goods? Just to give people an idea of how much work goes into it, because it, it doesn't happen tomorrow. Even though these are, uh, they're using local resources like different leaves that. From trees that we have locally, but it's not something that happens uh, within a couple of days, right?
1: Sure, that's a lot of work. I will talk about the peore, which is the pandanus leaf. Mm-hmm. Uh, we need to make to collect the leaves from an adult tree. Mm-hmm. You have to wait for years that the 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 tree becomes adult, and then when you harvest the leaves you then cook them to, to make them white mm-hmm. to take off the chlorophyll oh, okay. and, and the, the beasts the, the insects, the insects, the bugs, everything then you, you weave the edges to form a curtain and then you, you dry it mm-hmm. and then once it's dry you straighten one by one each leaf. Then you roll into a pipita. Pipita is the, the roll of pandanus uh, because it's better for storage. And then once uh, the pipita is done, you can use the leaf to, to weave as desire. But as you can imagine, it, it can take a month. To do that. To be one day. No, to, um, oh, to yeah. the whole process. And also, if you want certain colors, like the very dark color, you need three weeks to cook the powder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they cook for like four hours a day, and four hours, and then the next day four hours. And this for three weeks, so that the color can uh, be absorbed on the on the leaf.
0: Mm.
1: and they use nat-
0: and they use natural ingredients.
1: Yes, they use natural ingredients.
0: And so can you tell us a little bit more about the advantages of buying the these products, you know, for any of our customers that would? Be interested in supporting the local Tahitian economy and local Tahitian people.
1: Sure, there's a lot of advantages. (laughs) versus fashion yeah because they are very very nice uh, you have baskets, you have hats you have fans, you have jewelries you have uh, ornaments you have instruments uh, a wide range of um, of products that you can have from traditional handicrafts also is um most of the handicrafts is organic. It will be a responsible purchase, and it's very eco-friendly. But also, it's about supporting people living in their own islands. Help, because any every purchase you will make will help directly the the families over there. And it's archipelagos has its own specificity so uh, you can have a large choice of products mm-hmm. if you don't like the shells maybe you will like the ornaments uh, carved into, into the wood or the wounds mm-hmm. oh, if you want a hat there's so many different patterns we have so just get interested and maybe you will love it.
0: Actually, yeah. Now that you mentioned the shells, that is also another long process where it takes days because you have to collect it and then clean it, and and sometimes the shells are really small, so like making a hole to mm-hmm. to to make a, a necklace or.
1: Yeah, sometimes it's very easy to break, so you can you very really need a lot of. Precussion to bang the hole and do your, your lace, for example. So
0: these are, yeah, very worthwhile products, you know. A lot of love and time goes into them. <laughs> um, and so can people find any of these products that you're talking about on um, your website? Or how, how how do people look at this moment? to do any online purchases.
1: The website is not ready yet, but if they want to um, to get information on the website, they can contact me at manuya uh, at tahitiartcrafts.com. Okay,
0: cool. And you also have a Facebook page?
1: Yes, the Facebook page is Tahiti Crafts.
0: Okay, very nice. Well... Thank you so much for sharing about your business, about your desire to um, be here in Tahiti and see a, a thriving Tahiti and thriving French Polynesia. And thank you for sharing your inspirational stories about... Uh, your programs that you've taken part in in the Pacific, such as Young Pacific Leaders Program and Pacific Islands uh, Leadership Program. And so would you like any last thoughts before we end our, um, our interview
1: today? Yes, I would like to say that Tahiti Aircraft is a very really small um, enterprise. So, anyone who wants to help can contact me at maniaarabastahitiaircraft.com. And please be safe during this uncertain time of COVID. Mahalo, Marururoa.
0: Mahalo, Nui Yaoi, uh, Manu Ya. Uh, Native Stories is really happy to have your story with us today. If uh, any of our listeners would like to contact us further, please do. Follow us on Facebook, search Native Stories for daily updates on Native Kaimea or things. Please download our adult mobile app and listen to us on all streaming podcast outlets. Just search Native Stories. Make sure to share us with your Ohana, Ho'opili friends, lovers, and whoever you'd like. Native Stories prides ourselves in being your resource of truth-telling and indigenous knowledge, and the more you share, the more people will know and be informed. Plenty of aloha to you all out there Mahalo for tuning in Maruru, doa.
1: Maruru see you next time
0: Maruru, na-na